there, I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Hello to all my Aging Fearlessly listeners and followers and thanks again for joining me. I love your support for Aging Fearlessly by continually listening and following my interviews on radio and my podcast and now Story Room. So get ready because here I go again talking about HRT. However, before you get your knickers in a knot, this time I'm not bringing you all the facts that my gyno obstetrician shares with me. I've chosen someone outside the medical field to share her ideas on HRT, and believe me, it will make you laugh. Kathy Lett's latest book, HRT, comes with a twist. I think a twist in gin, Kathy. Kathy has woven a story that has some pretty drastic consequences and side effects for the main characters, Ruby, Emerald and Amber. And these include breaking marriages, ruining friendships and crazy antics, and it's a real hoot. On my 10-hour drive north to escape COVID, I left Sydney. It was made so much easier because I switched on Audible and listened to HRT, and the trip went just like that. It was so much fun. So HRT, or Husband Replacement Therapy, is an absolute winner. So I welcome Kathy Lett and thanks so much to, for joining me here in Australia and you're in the UK. Hello, everybody. Wish I was out there now having some veggie on toast, which is Australian penicillin, obviously, and, you know, a nice, nice cold cardi, bit of, bit of shard. How did Kathy and Kim say it? A glass of Cardi, is that what they're A Cardi, but I've got something else that you said later in about a lot of Shardy under the bridge because I just, I love that saying. But there's a real buzz here on the northern beaches or the Insular Peninsula on the north. I know you're from the South Insular Peninsula because a lot of people have got wind that I'm interviewing you tonight and uh, they love your novels just like I do. So it's so great to have you here. You're um, confirming my motto how Australian women um, are your human wonder bras, uplifting, supportive and making each other look bigger and better. So I, that's what you are tonight, a human wonder bra. Thank you. Uh, look, you know what? I just love how you put words together. It's so clever. You know what? I think it's because I grew up as a surfy girl, you know, down at Cronulla, and the girls I grew up with were so beautiful. You know, they were had the long blonde hair and the long legs and the perfectly proportioned breasts and, you know, my bra cups did not run at all. I was a bonsai brunette and I just had to develop some other technique. Um, <laughs> the boys would notice me. So I, I got what I call the black belt and tongue foo, you know, where I learned how to sort of do one-liners and be quick because otherwise, you know, the Pope would be ringing me up for tips on celibacy. So it was just all to get laid, really. Oh, well, Kathy, puberty <laughs> blues, I mean, and we're not here to talk to them today, but that was my era. I think I'm a year older than you. You look fabulous, by the way. Thank you. We're both aging. You know, I'm like, 
Uh, I, I see memory between my lines. You know, it's all there, the books, the babies, the hours of fun, loving, flirtation. But uh, you have no... Well, well, you look great. It's the filters on the terrible lighting on the computer because I do have wrinkles, believe me, and some <laughs> of them are like crevices. Do you know Roald Dahl had a saying, the grandmother had a mouth like a puckered up dog's bottom? And, yeah, my mouth looks a bit like that at times. <laughs> I think it's because the sun, is so, you know, as Australian women, the sun, even if with a hat, is always hitting your top lip. Looks like we've been smoking for years. Yeah, well, I look like I'm, I've smoked a bit, but, you know, I've had a bit of treatment for, for the sun cancers with laser and that sort of does help a bit, you know. I always say women, Australian women have a lot of wrinkles because we're always saying to men, you want me to suck what? <laughs> I just love it. Kathy, um, just read Puberty, Puberty Blues again. That was my age group. And see, right. I'm a redhead with freckles and... There's, I used to work in films years ago and there was a, a, um, a wardrobe designer and she said, if you've got red hair and freckles, you should never come south of the Tropic of Capricorn, Cancer, sorry, in the north. And I'm getting them over. Literally, as in skin cancer. Yeah, yeah, and she said, just stay up there because you're not meant to be down here. And growing up at, well, around Maroubra and then later at Narrabeen, the panel vans, you know, every these men wanted these olive skin, you know, yeah. beautiful blondes with blue eyes and I had freckles like, you know, you could play join the dots. I had so many freckles it wasn't. And if you joined the dots, it would say you should have worn sunblock, you idiot. Yeah, and, you know, you know, I don't have to say any more about this, but I sat out there with the coconut oil and the baby oil because I couldn't afford anything any you know with any of any more value you know so the dollar bottle from franklin's probably we all there. did that we all oh, did that I'm, shocking is it on my father's asbestos roof <laughs> if i don't get cancer on the front i'm going to get cancer on the back and and melanomas mm, what a combination and the roof probably had chocos on it too did it did have chocos on it yeah uh, yeah we better get back up so your hrt with a twist Women look at HRT and HRT is something that, you know, hormone replacement therapy, but yeah. you have a twist. It's husband replacement therapy, which I think does more for women than any face cream or, or any kind of hormone, really. I suppose what I wanted to write a book about was women um, ageing disgracefully and just saying to women, you are allowed to put yourself first for a change. I think for women, life is in two acts. And the trick is surviving the interval, which is the menopause, which is hideous. <laughs> you sweat so much, you feel like the Gestapo trying to get a bloody confession out of you. Yeah. But once you get through the menopause, I think it's the most interesting time of a woman's life because you're no longer tethered to the kitchen and the family hearth, you know, by your apron and your heartstrings. You can cut that psychological umbilical cord and you can, for once, be a little bit selfish. And, of course, what happens, as you know, because you've, you, you've researched a lot about menopause, is after menopause a woman's estrogen goes down, which is the caring, sharing hormone, and her testosterone comes up. So she gets a little bit more feisty, a little bit more bolshy, a little bit more like a bloke, really. And the opposite is, happens with men, that their, their testosterone goes down and their estrogen goes up. So that's why sometimes at the cinema you see older guys shedding a tear, like you're that big macho guys. They would never have done that. And, and they want to stay at home and they want to nest. And women are like, I've nested, you know, I've baked 400 flocks of lamb and 
300 school of salmon. I've butted 3 billion acres of Vegemite on toast. You know, I want to go up Everest and I want to go down the Amazon. I want to swing off a chandelier with a toy boy between my teeth. And this is book saying to women, you go for it because you bloody deserve it. And don't let your guilt gland throb either because you have paid your dues. So that's what it's about. It's a celebration of the second act and also a celebration of the sisterhood because, you know, I've, all my books are very, they're funny, I, I hope, but they're also um, very feminist because, you know, I think especially Australian women, world's best kept secret, funny, fiercely loyal, um, just fabulous, feisty, the best friends you could ever have in the world. So it's a celebration of Australian women, really. And I want to talk about you and your friends and writing in a minute, but I, I just wanted to, you keep, you bring things to my mind as you talk, but I have a girlfriend who has raised a son on her own, actually, and uh, she's a great girlfriend and she's a real hoot and a laugh. And, you know, when we're looking at, you know, she's sort of trying to find a partner, but she says, I've got two rules. I don't want to be a nurse or a purse. Isn't that a great, I'm writing that down. <laughs> I'm going to tell her name's Lisa and you know what? She's going to crack up because she'll go, you didn't say that, Karen. I went, yep, she doesn't want to be a nurse or a purse. Because when I, when I go on book tour, and I'm really upset I'm not out there on book tour now because oh. my favourite, well, first of all, I was going to have a big pool party and be carried in to the Boy Charlton pool by about eight gorgeous-looking guys in budgie smugglers covered in sequins, so that. But also I get to ricochet around Australia and meet my readers, and which is so flattering because I'm, I'm thrilled to say my readers are so witty and warm and just wonderful. You want to go on a girls' night out with all of them, but they often bring me up a little anecdotal doggy bag. You know, they'll say like that, like I don't want to be a nurse or a person, a little line they've saved up for me or a little story that I might like. And I think, isn't that just so... So generous and wonderful. So I really appreciate that line and it will turn up somewhere. Oh, I'm sure it will because, you know, and and I think that's one of the arts in your writing, one of the things that you always capture are these one-liners that people just go, oh, my God. (laughs) But women are funny. You know, women, when we're together, oh, my God, you know, you have to be hospitalised from hilarity on a girls' night out because men are more physically, men are physically stronger, obviously, but women are more verbally dexterous. We use about mm. three more words in our daily vocabulary. So I call it quiplash. You know, if you can give, if a man is, is being sexist or rude or trying to make you feel small in, in a group, if you can decimate him with a great one-liner, give him a bit of a tongue lashing, you know, people, if people laugh at him, they take, it takes away his power. Yep. Very effective. So I just write down the way women talk when there's no men around. And because you know it is so funny and so honest and so real oh yeah I, and that's what I really love especially when you put a, a group of women together that are single it gets even worse I think you know so I'm a bit of a Prosecco person at the moment and uh, and you know once you, Prosecco person once you get a couple of Proseccos going it's like oh my god all hell almost breaks loose I love it yeah and it's not just us imagining that women are funny I mean anthropologists say that um Women in all cultures on the planet laugh more often than men, especially in all female groups. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah, it is. I think it's also that if you can laugh at something, you can take the sting out of it. So, you know, if you can laugh at something, it's like strapping a giant shock absorber to your brain. And I think women, generally speaking, you know, we, we'd never survive without a great laugh with our human wonder bras because we're the carers, aren't we? We care for oh. our age, where it is, fragile friends. 
um, our six siblings, we take care of our children's needs, many of which are special, which is true in my case because my son's autistic. And if I didn't have a good laugh with my girlfriends, I would right now be sitting in the corner of the room rocking and braiding my hair and trying to remember what my name was. I do love a person. I don't have a very loud laugh when I'm, you know, sometimes I'm sort of thinking about it. But one guy, girlfriends, and I said the other day, we don't laugh enough. And then what happened? We both burst into laughter going, oh, my God, you're so funny. We just don't laugh enough. But I listen to some... I cackle like a kookaburra when I'm out. I've got three sisters too. We've all got the most loudest, most raucous laughter. So I suppose it's genetic. But it's, it's I very... really love that. I just talk loudly. I don't laugh loudly enough, but I just love to hear someone laughing. Um, and my friend, I, I said about the nurse and the purse, we, we do early morning swims down at Manly. And I know when she's there because I can hear her laughing somewhere. And I, Lisa's here. But isn't, isn't that great, as they calling card, her comedic calling card? But I also think what, you know, a lot of men say women aren't funny, and I wonder why does they say that. I think they're just terrified what it is we're being funny about. <laughs> I think they we spend the entire time talking about the length of their members, which is not true, because we also talk about the width, you know, which yes. helps <laughs> so much more. So, boys, okay? I yeah. love it. I love it. Um. You've got the best titles in books too and the one that I, like, for my 50th birthday, some of my girlfriends went to Italy, ate premenopausal women Fabulous. with far too much luggage and attitude. <laughs> and and not to mention emotional baggage. Yeah, we traipsed around Italy um, uh, from Rome to um, Positano and we had an absolute uh, ball. And then two of us broke off and went on a cruise in Greece. And I found just before I got on the boat, I was reading a book that was boring me to death. And I was in a hotel in Positano and there was a bookshelf. And I thought, Kathy, let's book. So I did a swap. And oh, it was yeah. how to kill your husband and other helpful, handy, helpful household hints. And you know what? I sat on the pool deck of that cruise ship. And how many people asked me, was I trying to kill my husband? Was I trying to get tips? And um, I didn't have a husband, but it, like, it was hilarious. <laughs> I wonder if the husband, their death rate went up after that book. I'm not sure. That, that book did very well, I think. People just loved bought it on the title alone. Yeah. So. And, and, you know, some of your books like Fetal Attraction, except how do you come up with the names? Oh, gosh. I tell you, whatever makes me laugh, I just hope it's going to make other people laugh. I mean, I try yeah. and amuse myself. In fact, in this new book, HRT, which you'll notice I've, I've very subtly oh. dropping my own name. It's a complete art form. What can I say? You drop your own name, you just hope someone else will pick, pick it up again, you know. But um, <laughs> in this book, I mean, there's this, because oh, the basis of the book, I'll just tell the women watching, it's basically uh, Ruby's 50th birthday and she's likeable and fun and you know everyone thinks it's good she's going to make a really great speech and she gets up and she's drunk too much and she actually tells everybody what she really thinks about them the school mums the yoga mums the sisters with whom she's slightly estranged she takes a strip off her mother who's you know one of those women who needs to go to the vets to get her claws done you know she's and, a character and at the end of the speech she also reveals that her husband she just found out her husband's having an affair He's a tradie. You know, the ladies love the tradies. Yeah. And then she also reveals that that very day she's found out she's got terminal pancreatic cancer. So the whole room's like this. 
It's a complete kind of car crash. And then she wakes up the next morning very hungover. A letter plops through the letterbox from her doctor and she opens it and it's like, oh, and we are so sorry we sent you that letter by mistake. It was meant for somebody else. You're completely fine. And she's like, uh-oh. <laughs> in drunken stupor, she booked a cruise with her two sisters. I mean, you know all this because you've read the book. I'm just saying the women watching. Um, and she then decides she's going to pretend that she's got cancer so they'll still come on the cruise with her. And it's not till they get on the cruise that she realises that she was so drunk she accidentally booked them on a cougar cruise. I'm desperate to go on a cougar cruise. This is where the women our age pay and the young guys called cubs go for free. I can't believe that. Yeah, they may may mainly leave from Florida. You know, after the whole corona crisis, when we can start travelling again, cougar cruises are going to be huge and we are going on. I want to go with with your friend who said, don't be a nurse or a purse. Oh, Lisa, you'll love her. We'll just get all Australian women. No one else, and we'll just have we'll have like a, a, a Sheila's HM HMS Sheila's, you know, and off we'll go. And we would, should we have a hat and a shirt? And, <laughs> well, I'm hoping, not to, I'm hoping not to be wearing my shirt for very long. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, well, it's a little bit about what hormone replacement, um, or <laughs> husband oh, replacement, is all about. Well, what I was going to say, sorry, why I got onto that tangent was just to say that when I wrote the scene between this, the 50-year-old woman having sex with her toy boy, I mean, that's my favourite scene in the book because it's funny but it, yeah. and it did make me laugh. I don't know if it's vain to say that you make yourself laugh when you write, but that was my favourite scene because I, I just thought it was so um, true to life and so squirmy and so, oh, so yeah. fun. Yeah. And you talk about the bush and the, you know. The bush. Yeah, because, of course, young men have never seen a bush. No, on porn, and they're completely horrified, you know. And you, I mean, I like I like a man who little, likes a little like bushwalking. Actually, <laughs> likes a little bit of bush tucker. Yes. So yeah, so it's that's kind of <laughs> it's, that clash of cult of um of the generation gap was really fun to write so, about. Uh, I was reading a, a bit about where you, you get your inspiration sitting around with your friends and, and talking. And that's where a lot of your research is done. Yeah, I always say I do my research in a scientific, in-depth fashion over cocktails with girlfriends. Cocktails via, via Zoom, you know, during lockdown. But, yeah, because women do strip off to our emotional undies in about 3.6 seconds, and it's a psychological striptease that reveals all. I mean, I think male and female humor is very funny my male friends are very funny but they sort of tell use humor as a defense mechanism whereas women when we're together our humor we never tell a sort of set joke but our humor is cathartic confessional self-deprecating um candid hilarious yeah but very very honest isn't it and so absolutely i never if one of my girlfriends tells me a story i would never use it without her permission you know yeah I just don't want to lose my girlfriends. So, yeah, I do get a lot of my, my material. <laughs> and, and Ruby, is there a real Ruby? No, I mean, I think I think your first novel is always autobiographical. But after yeah. that, you make, a, you make a living, writers make a living out of lying. But yeah. she's, she's, she's an every woman. I mean, she's, I mean, every woman I know has a bit of Ruby in her. Because she's given up a lot for her children and she's yes. sort of, there have been times when she's got doormat stamped on her forehead, but she, you know, with fun and loving and 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 just needs to have faith in herself that there's more to her than that. So, you know, having your second act 
and it's the first time in history women can have a second act because not only are we financially independent, but we've got this rocket fuel of HRT, um, which gives you back your, you know, your confidence and your mojo and your sass. I think. I think I think women are, are just that much happier after they turn fifty. Like I, I remember that ten years from fifty to sixty, and it was just joyful. Yeah. Well, I think you come into your real self because women are, are raised to be decorative and demure and, and, and people-pleasing. But once you hit, get to 50, you get a kind of, oh, fuck it, I'm 50. Like, if not now, when? Yeah. I call, it, I call it adventure before dementia. Carpe the hell out of DM. Yeah. Don't waste another minute because, you know, you've given your lifeblood to your family, your kids and your, and your loved ones, and you are allowed to be happy. Yeah, you know, Zimmer frame could just maybe cramp your, your style on the black ski run <laughs> when you're trying to scuba dive. So don't wait too long, you know, really, you know, seize the day. When I reached out to you by messenger, <laughs> crazy Karen, I said, you know, with the title, How Do You Kill Your Husband and, and other help, handy household hints, I sort of said there's so many women probably in COVID at the moment with their husbands in a room going, what the hell? How do I kill him? <laughs> well, i tell you what's interesting. In, in China, after lockdown, divorce rates um, skyrocketed and 74% of the divorces were initiated by women. And in Australia, I mean, the majority of divorces have been initiated by women for quite a while now. And yep. the peak time is when the last child finishes school or the husband retires. But especially after nine weeks of lockdown because... I think what women realised is that, you know, the, giving the room a sweeping glance was the closest to a male partner was coming to house. Yeah. And, and also with the cooking, you know, women have had, you've cooked three meals a day for three months. I mean, the only recipe you're thinking of now is, is you know, chauvinist pig roasted slowly on a spit. And I think men need to realise if they don't clean up their act, they will be taken to the cleaners because women, women have had enough. Even with the homeschooling, all my girlfriends were saying to me, while they were keeping their careers going by, via Zoom, you know, and doing all the, all the housework and all the cooking, then they were also doing the homeschooling because the, the fathers would take um, PE, that's the one they'd choose, where he'd go outside and let the kids ride up and down the street on the bikes and the guy would be just on his phone, you know. So women are thinking it's just like having another child. I mean, I just yeah. really need The other reason it's important that men pull up their psychological socks is that we know that marriage suits men much more than it suits women. Have you read all these statistics that married men live longer than single men, have less heart disease and mental problems, where single women live longer than married women, have less heart disease and mental problems? Did you know that? Yes, so, well, I've heard of some of it. I didn't know all of it. But... And, you know, marriage statistics are very low in Australia anyway. They're kind of lower than... Um, Kim Kardashian's bikini line, which is quite low. Oh, I love and, Kim Kardashian's bikini line. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's women who are getting PMT, pre-monogamy tension, you know, because the hideous habit ratio is about 100 to 1 in the man's favour. They pee yeah. on the porch, they play air guitar. They think sitting on the toilet's a leisure activity. You know, but, what are they doing in there? What about so, all these men that think that they're, you know, they're 60 and 40-year-old women or, or who, they, who wants them? Well, I know. Can you imagine how embarrassing being oh. a, a six-year-old bloke with a big brander over his toy shop, which is what we call the beer belly in the, in, in the Shire, 
lying there next to a spilt, you know, baby, you know, teenager. But men, men they wouldn't care. I mean, honestly, not that I want to get into man bashing. I don't because we need men. We need men because we feminists have been saying the same thing for, oh, well, I've been saying the same thing since I was a teenager and we still don't have equal pay and it's not going to change until men join us at the barricades. And I always say to blokes, Karen, it's not like we're asking for a lot. What do we want? Equal pay? That'd be nice. Yes. We'd like them to work out that mutual orgasm is not an insurance company. <laughs> That'd be nice. We'd like them to help around the house, as I said earlier, which is in their interest because it's scientifically proven no woman ever shot her husband while he was vacuuming. Correct? Yeah. And we'd like them to, um, to cook, you know, the way the woman's heart is through her stomach. It's not aiming too high. What does a woman really want in bed? Breakfast. Breakfast. <laughs> And obviously a good book. <laughs> yeah, and I've got one too, and, and it's also available on Audible, which yeah, I do a lot of my reading while I drive. Kathy. Oh, yeah, it's probably being read too, isn't it? I love oh, that. there's nothing like it. So I have um, I recently did meet a fellow this year, and it has got off to a reasonable start. Ooh. And I've been single for quite a while now, and he was in the car with me for all those hours, listening to your book, laughing hysterically. A good sign. Yeah. And I bought a Thermomix. He loves it. Oh, fantastic. So Sunday night here, I was preparing our interview and I said, there's a good shepherd's pie recipe in that book. So he cooked it. Isn't that, that's a good, I would think that's a good test for all the women watching. If you're going out with a new guy, Put on on my, one of my books or another another by another book by a funny feminist, and if he laughs in the car and then he uses the thermomix, this could be foreplay for us. Well, we have three hours of your book to go on Sunday night, and <laughs> instead of watching The Voice, we listen to your book. There's no greater compliment. Thank you so much. Well, <laughs> we sat on the lounge with a glass of Cardinet. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we did. How great was that? Lovely. That's so lovely. Well, it's about to be, well, I'm just selling the rights for a big TV series. So I'm really happy about that. I can't uh, say it yet, but I've had about three or four offers, but I'm going with someone I'm really happy with. So fingers crossed. Wow. And congratulations. Oh, and Thank you. You join me. We'll drive around town with a casting couch strapped to our roof rack. Oh, I think so. I'm, yeah, look, I'll have to meet them all first. I think we have to, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, there's a lot and of I'll, young men in the book. So, you I'll, know, pick out, I'll pick yeah. out the best ones for you. <laughs> to, you know, like I'll get the best first. So I'll just, you know, a thousand or so line up and I'll, I'll give you the last few. Like just a boy the best. Buffet. A boy buffet. And I think, you know, it's quality control. So it is, absolutely. Oh, yeah. We might um, have to get all your listeners to join us, you know, so we can get... Well, we, we could do that. Really in-depth research. I know life. where there's some really, really great fellows. We can go young ones we can look at. So oh, excellent. <laughs> women after 50, let's say, funny thing was when I wrote my book, Aging Fearlessly, it was going to be called Aging Disgracefully, but there's so many books called Aging Disgracefully. So I got the old butcher's paper out and played around, came up with Ageing Fearlessly. Um, and I wanted to encourage women to live a, you know, a better life, to get out there. There's so much more. And, you know, you use a similar quote, but my quotes are like, ageing's inevitable, but growing old's a choice. 
Well, that's what are your thoughts on aging? Well, it's funny, you know, I'm 61 now and I thought by this age I'd be, I'd feel like an orthopedic sandal, like the human version of an orthopedic sandal, all comfortable and well-worn and sort of complacent, unremarkable. But of course I don't feel like that. As I said earlier, I feel like swinging off a chandelier with a toy boy between my teeth. <laughs> and I've got so much energy and life's just better than ever. So I thought, well, I can't be the only woman feeling like that. And of course I'm not, all my friends are, are the same. I mean, we're, we were just raring to go. So um, that's what I think, that growing, growing old is, you know, obviously you can't avoid it, but growing, you know, ageing is inevitable. But, but growing, growing old is a choice. Growing older is optional. Yeah. You can have fun, be frivolous and just be fabulous. You know, go forth and have fun, girls. That's my absolute message to you. You deserve it. You deserve it. So, Cathy, I've started a really interesting project in, and I've started it in Manly called Story Room and I have six people come and tell a real story based on a theme. Um, they're on my website now if you want to listen to any interesting stories and they're just amazing. So the first theme was um, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Then the stories, some of them were hilarious, some of them were like pull your heartstrings, but... People loved it. So if you're in Sydney one time and I'm, I'm doing one, you only get 10 minutes, but, you know, I'd love you to come over. I like that. It's like a mental macchiato, just a 10-minute kind of... Yeah, it, it's That's really cool. fun. And, you know, one of my friends did a... A woman I know did a poetry slam because she writes fantastic poetry. Have you ever heard someone poetry slam? No. It's amazing. It's like doing um, a rap. But poetry, right. and it's so fast. It's it's yeah. pretty new, I think. Yeah. I love the story room, you know, idea, and I'd love to have you over to that. But yeah, um, what would you like to say to the, to the to the listeners about living life on your own terms? Oh, I just think women need to have a lot more confidence because you know it's still it still is a man's world. We still don't have equal pay. Plus, you know, we're getting concussion hitting our head on the glass ceiling and we're supposed to clean it while we're up there. Pussy <laughs> Dabra is a president. We've got Harvey Weinstein-type predators in every workplace. Um, you know, we, and we still don't have any, anywhere near equal representation in the business world. At the time we said to men, we no longer want your seats on the bus, we want your seats on the board. Yes. And I, I just want to say to women, be confident, lean in. It's what Sheryl Sandberg says about you know, don't pull back, lean in, let your voice be heard. Yeah. And, and absolutely rely on your human wonder bras. I mean, if what, what the Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement proved is that the, the sisterhood is powerful. Yes. And if we stick together, we really can make change. And it's time. Yeah. Come on. A hundred years ago, Emily Pankhurst was, was getting put into prison because she wanted to vote for women. And we yeah. still don't have to pay. It's really a disgrace. So just, you know, human wonder bras, girls. I'm wearing a wonder bra now. And it's, so cool. it's so cool because when you take it off, you wonder where the hell your breasts went. So oh, um, I... never wonder where your girlfriends have gone. Keep each other close, you know, cherish each other. Let your cups runneth over with love for each other because sisters together can really make the world better. Well, Kathy, honestly, I know we have half an hour together today and it's the best half hour I've had. In I a love bloody you. long time. Karen, it's lovely to meet you. And I love you. You're wearing blue leopard skin, which is wonderful. Oh, it's not. It's like, um, it's just okay. a little gorgeous. 
Oh, I like it a lot. Oh, it's nice. I've got a nice top on, but I've actually just got my tracky jacks on. Oh, hang on. I've got the unboots. <laughs> Sorry. So, Kathy, I have to tell you, this, this jacket was a friend of mine's and she did a chuck out. She said, I've got far too many clothes. Hey. Come over and take what you want. So it was a free, a free jacket, so it was even better than a bought one. Yeah, I think we should do that with husbands. You know when you have, when you have um, council throwout night? Oh. You know, one woman's trash is another woman's treasure. Oh. And you should just take out the old lamppost, the birdcage, the husband, you know. And someone else might drive by another woman and think, oh, he looks all right. He could go into my house quite nicely, take him home for a while. Then a couple of years later, you might be driving around, around the... Um, the suburb again and see him there and go, actually, I wish I hadn't thrown him out. He's not that bad. Take yeah. Like a husband recycling bank would be so, so great. That's very environmentally friendly. That's what we should do. <laughs> I'm, but recycling, just recycle. Yeah, recycle. Yeah. Recycle yeah, your husbands. Um, <laughs> Kathy, honestly, is there anything else you want to say about HRT? Oh, I just want to thank everyone in the, all the women in Australia who made the book number one. It was number it's, one of fiction, adult fiction, and I'm really grateful. And I just hope it gives you a laugh because if we ever needed a laugh more, they say that laughter is the best medicine. It's the only medicine. It, it is. So have a laugh. You deserve it. But also, um, you know, when I go to Italy on book tour, they always describe, my, my publisher describes me. He did it accidentally. Now he does it all the time as um, Cafe Latte. And I thought, oh, I like a great it. great nickname for me, frothy on top with a bit of a, you know, macchiato, mental macchiato punch underneath. And that's what I think um, HRT is like. It's fun, but it's also got an empowering message to women saying, live your best life. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I do hope one day that we meet. Are and you kidding? I'm coming over to meet... No, the, no, You're coming to meet Lisa, the nurse in the purse. <laughs> Um, come over to to the bold and the beautiful where we swim at manly um and uh gosh i'll introduce you around come and do a story room story and story room manly i'll see you on the cougar cruise oh invite please yeah cougar cruise we're we're going so cheerio alone imagine oh cheerio and honestly stay safe in the uk Stay out of the COVID zone. And um, we look forward to having you back here. And I just absolutely appreciate your time and so do my listeners. Yeah, I wanted to to support you because what you're doing is also great, empowering women. Thanks. I'll I'll cry in a minute. I get teary. I want to say hello to all my Aussie friends because you are the world's best kept secret. Lots of love. Keep having fun. Keep swinging off a chandelier. Enjoy your day. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, aging is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside There's a sparkle in your eye It's not all nine to five It's a wonderful life 
Let your heart be alive. 